Stay Doomed is part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Woolahan. The Shrine of the Silver Monkey. We are doing the 2021 reboot of Legends of the Hidden Temple today. Yes, on the CW. Yes. One of our favorite content farms. The right? CW. <laughs> oh my god. And they're, they've just canceled a bunch more. Yeah. Well, there's a chance that the CW is going away, right? I believe so. We might have to do an entire network. I would be down for that. That would be fun. But first, uh, let's do things in order and let's uh, pour one out. Let's pour one out. What do you got there, Lara? I have Olmec Sunrise. Uh, this is a little bit of tequila and a lot of bit of watermelon lemonade seltzer. Okay. And then, because in honor of the old series, uh, the runners-up often got nerds as a prize. Yes. So I bought a box of rainbow nerds, made two failed versions of this drink that were hideous, uh, poured a bunch into my hand, ate all the green, blue, and purple ones, and so now I have... Only the pink, yellow, and orange ones, and it has made a very pretty sunrise drink. Yes, it is very lovely and loud. I'm not sure if you guys can hear this. And whenever I pour a little bit of extra, some of the nerds start to fly up. Yeah, they, they fly up on the carbonation. But it's, it's, very it's nice visibly all of the color off the nerds is being carried off yeah. into the drink. It makes it look like it's going to taste like peaches. It does look like a Bellini. Yeah, it looks like a Bellini. How is it? I feel like the nerds will not be eaten. Oh, I'll eat those. I mean, they just seem very difficult to get to. I will figure it out. Uh, it tastes like seltzer. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, so I, uh, I started with a, a lime seltzer base. Yeah, yours is yours could legitimately be sold in a yeah, store. Yeah, it, it is very nice. Yours looks beautiful. I put some uh, some grenadine in there, and mm-hmm. then I mixed it with just a little bit of uh, blue curacao, and I have a purple paratif. Ooh. I'd real proud of that one. It legitimately is a very pretty red to purple to pink layered drink. Yeah. It, well, because of the thickness of the grenadine, it did all sink to the bottom. Yeah, like a tequila sunrise. I was hoping it would mix a little bit more, but it is very purple. And in honor of the purple parrot, it is not very good. Oh. Kind of lacks a punch. Kind of looks like I just put food coloring in this. Does it? Yeah, all I taste is the seltzer as well. Interrupting coffee pot. I'm the interrupting coffee pot. So, now let's jump into this. So, we did the show a little differently than some of the other ones we did, because this is a game show. Yeah, this was chosen by our wonderful patrons, and we did say, if you choose this, there's a chance we're not going to watch all of it, because game shows are repetitive. And this was a 13-hour show, and you guys know, uh, usually with a, what we like to call a 13-hour drama, we end up making it more than one episode. Right. But game shows don't really lend themselves to 
doing that the same way. Right. So here's what we ended up doing. This is all available on the CW's website. Uh, it accidentally played the last episode first. So yes. we opened on the final episode. Then we went back and watched the first episode. And by that point, I was like, I think I've seen all I've needed to see. And Laura was like, let's keep watching until someone wins. Yes. And I was legitimately worried that we were going to have to watch the whole series. (laughs) We ended up watching four episodes in total. And if you're upset by that, I'm sorry. But trust me, we knew everything we were going to say by episode two. Yes. That... That was one of the issues with how this show ran. And we're not going to do this the way we've... Um, we're not going to go episode by episode. Yes, we're just going to go through the plot of the show. Like, I know plot's a weird word for a, a game show. but we're The just format. Gonna, the format of the show. And we'll talk about the various different episodes and different things that we have saw and different feelings we had about it. And uh, then that's, and that'll be the episode. And you'll enjoy it. <laughs> so the intro looks kind of cool. It has more of a graphic novel look. Yes. Like a motion comic look. Yeah. Of introducing the legend. And the legends, I have to point out, are darker and edgier. Yes. There's considerably more violence, uh, considerably more sex, almost to the point where like you feel like they are trying to make it more violent to get like... Yeah. Like, Ooh, we're the CW now. Yeah. To justify it being for adults. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is a little more violent than it needed to be. Yes. A little more graphic than it needed to be. Right. So I... And I don't know how... I know they really did strive for more accuracy. They're still obviously chopped down legends. Because all of these legends would go much, much longer if they kept the full unabridged versions. Yeah. Uh, They were trying to go a lot more for cultural sensitivity in this. Oh, were they? Yes. I think they freaking missed. Yeah. I I found some of them to be, like, insulting. How so? Well, there was the one legend which was just about abusing women. Oh, the, um... The Seven Sisters. The the yamstick of the Seven Sisters. And it was... The legend included, like... That they the women wanted to prove themselves. Yeah, there was a were, coming of age ceremony for men in their village, but yeah. not for women. So, and the the women wanted to to prove themselves, but the chiefs were like, "No, they're women." Yeah, gross. And they were like, "We will come up with a different challenge for the women to prove themselves." But then they made it worse, and it involved like. No, no, no. The women do insist on the same tests. Oh, I thought it was a different test that was worse. No. Because I thought they insisted and then they changed it. No, they tried to make new ones for the women that were going to obviously be kinder and gentler. But the women insisted on the ones the men got. And it was like breaking their teeth. Yeah, it was. And like burning them. It was very unpleasant. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. Then points a long red stick at one sister's face and gently rests it atop her front tooth. With a hard jab, he knocks the tooth into her mouth. Another, he asks, if she replies, yes, oh wise one, a second tooth is gone. And you thought your dentist was scary. Like, like to the point where I was like, I'm not enjoying this. They were all probably true to the legends. Mm-hmm. But... 
legends themselves are kind of unpleasant. And I did, I do want to point out that for contrast, we watched an old episode. Yes, we will get to that in a little bit. So the old episodes are definitely more truncated legends. Yeah. And the legend unfolds throughout the entire episode of the CW version. Yes. So you kind of get bits and pieces of it, which I found really interesting because to me, it really undercuts the steps of knowledge. Yes, it really did. So the host comes out and she's fine. Yeah, Cristela Alonso, who is a great comedian. Uh, She actually had a one season wonder sitcom of her own, Cristela. Oh, and she is used really poorly. Yes. Uh, she's handicapped in some ways that Kurt Fogg never was, which is weird. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more as we go on. But they always open with a joke. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, hey, old Mac, how's it going? And old Mac cracks a joke, one of which made Laura scream at the television. Okay, so in the, fir- in the first one we watched, which is the finale... He makes a comment that he's, they talk about working out and he says he's buff. Yeah. And I scream at the television, chiseled! He's chiseled because he's made of rocks. Yeah, it's the simplest joke. But they're all really weird, bad, corny jokes like that. Yes. And I hate to say, if you're going to go the darker and edgier, we're the CW and we can. Yeah. Let Olmec be a little body. Yeah, let let him let him be a little silly and little like a little PG thirteen, little blue. <laughs> yeah, like, but he, they're all the same jokes. He essentially could. He does not say a joke in an episode we watched that he couldn't have said to Kurt yeah. Fogg. Yeah, he, he could have easily said he was rock hard, and it would have been fine. <laughs> oh my god! Because this this is another thing I want to talk about here. This aired in a block. With Killer Camp Season 2. Yes. You may recognize Killer Camp from us not realizing it was going to get a Season 2. Yeah. Um, And Killer Camp is campy and raunchy. Yeah. Uh, Warren's death in Killer Camp is he gets impaled through the eye with a Greek phallus. Yeah. Uh, I'm revisiting Killer Camp a little bit right now because I'm working on a project. Right, right. So, So this was airing in a block with that. Yes. So, if their whole thing is that they wanted to go toward a dark, like an edgier, more adult audience, let Olmec say the occasional naughty-ish word. Yeah. Like... Well, the other thing is, if you're going to have Olmec, make sure he doesn't look like crap. Yo. He looked awful. And we, again, we watched an episode of Legends of the Hidden Temple, Nickelodeon version. Mm -hmm. And Olmec... In the 2021 version, looks substantially worse. Yeah, I don't... I was thinking that maybe the Nickelodeon version was being helped by the fact that it wasn't high-definition cameras. Possibly. But, like, the mouth on new old mech just doesn't look right. It looks like a bad puppet. You can see where the fabric gathers when his mouth... Because he's clearly, like, overlaid with fabric... Uh, I know a little more about this than I should because I was in a production of Little Shop of Horrors in college where for some reason we decide most productions of Little Shop of Horrors rent the puppets. Right. Gentle listener. If you're ever in a production of Little Shop of Horrors, rent the puppet. Yes. We uh, built the puppets. Right. Our college student hope for the best 
versions of Audrey 2 looked better than this network TV Olmec. Yeah. Which is not good. What I would like you to do at this moment, uh, dear listener, is I want you to open your mouth using your fingers. Like, I want you to, like, move your, your mouth down. Now, naturally, I assume you have placed your fingers, like, kind of under your bottom lip and pulled down. That is kind of the Nickelodeon version of Old Mac. The CW version is if you were to take your fingers and put it on top of your bottom lip and roll your lip down. Like, there's a weird rotation that is visible in this version of Old Mac that makes it doesn't it makes it look like he's not talking, he's just going bleh, 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 and that's not what you want. Also, I don't know why this bothered me so much, but Old Mac's eyes are red. For some reason in the CW version, there's this weird white on the bottom of his one eye. Yeah. So it looks like he has a sty. I was yeah. like, what? what's wrong with Old Mac? The uh, Now, the plans for the original puppet, the original uh, 1990s puppet, had been lost. Oh, really? But it's very weird, because we were just talking about last week when we did our Nickelodeon Universe episode. Give that a listen if you haven't yet. Uh, there was There's a Legends of the Hidden Temple ropes course. Yeah. And there is a big ol' Olmec. Yeah, it doesn't talk, but it looks great. It looks like a modernized version it looks like the version from the movie. Oh yeah, the movie. I forgot there was a film. The Olmec in Nickelodeon Universe looks a lot like the 2016 movie. And we held for a second uh, because I wanted to revisit the 2016 movie together for a hot second. Yeah. Uh, we didn't watch the full movie. We just watched a quick trailer. If you'd like us to cover the full movie, uh, that's something you can give us a shout. Uh, that's a perfect Patreon episode. Yeah. So, we, uh, we, it's a clearly a CGI Olmec, who looks great. Yes, it's, it's, seems to be face tracking and just, like, animation and stuff like that. So it's not an active puppet, so it's a little bit easier. But uh, it looks great, it looks way better than this. They could have done that. They could have even just done some light CGI blurring. Right. Like, and CW has the whole Arrowverse. Like, we know they're capable of... Light special effects. Borderline competent CGI. So, I think it, it does look bad. It looks like a cheap puppet. Like, it looks like a very, very high-end summer camp version of Olmec. Yes. Like a really bougie summer camp. Yeah, it it's, it's not great. And it's upsetting to see that this is how they open things. Yes. We then go to the moat. Now, if you're familiar with the original show, there would be six teams. In this, there are only four teams, and three teams will move on. So only one team gets eliminated. Which means, if you have a favorite team in Legends of the Hidden Temple, there is a one in three chance it's just not on the episode you're watching. I don't know why that bothers me so much. But man, does it bother me. That we don't see every team in every episode? Yeah, where it's like, oh, there there just aren't silver snakes in this episode. Oh. All right. They are desperately trying to shoehorn in the human element. They're trying to 
add a little bit of that reality show goodness <laughs> of trying a little bit of trying to make us care about these people. Unfortunately, it often backfires because there were at least there was at least one team in every episode I found massively unlikable. Yeah, that I just despised them. And on top of that, like in the original, it was always a boy girl team, and they didn't say it out loud, but it's a thing that we knew. They didn't actually know each other. Yeah, they were strangers. And this, it's like, we have, like, a married couple, a dating couple, two sisters, and, like, best best friends. friends. And I don't like that. I don't know why. I think because it's information I don't need. There was one really funny team where one of the women clearly did not give a crap about mm-hmm. Legend of the Hidden Temple. She was there because her best friend wanted to be there. Yeah. And so, like, one of the girls is like, Oh my god, it's Olmec! And the other girl's like, Okay. Money, yeah. please? Yeah, it, it's weird because, like, throughout the moat, which the moat takes too long. Yes. The moat challenge is always something ridiculous that revol- that involves, like, the team swimming and splitting up and communicating. And, and five so- stops. And stopping and finding this and using a slingshot. It's like, wait, what are we, what are we doing? And I think nothing uh, explained the problem with the moat more than the last moat. The moat that was in the final episode. Yes. There was a lot of problems with this. We're actually going to get into this one. Yeah. So it was, they had to solve riddles that, one, never appear on screen. We only hear them read, which is already stupid. Yeah. Uh, and two, don't matter. <laughs> and, we're, and that told them which location in the moat they had to go to. They then had to go to that location and eat whatever they find there. Yeah. So the first one was like, I think they called it a fire, even though it was just like red and yellow fabric. Yeah. Uh, And they reached in and they find a box of crickets. Yes. One, one of the teams had a vegetarian. Vegan. A vegan, a vegan in it. I don't eat critters. I don't eat dairy. It's a big no from me. So, like, he said he would just eat all of them for me. I'll do anything for you. Think a lot about your relationship when you're about three pounds of crickets in your mouth. <laughs> Which seems, like, unfair. Because then her her partner is just cramming down. Yeah, has to eat all these crickets. But, like, you don't go on Legends of the... It's not like it's Fear Factor, where you rolled up and you're like, what do you mean I have to eat something? It's Legends of the Hidden Temple. You don't think you're going to have to eat crickets. And the fact that no producer went, hey, is anyone here a vegan? Yeah. Really, like, puts a spotlight on how poorly prepared this show was. And two, there are zero shots of people eating crickets. Yeah, like, we don't even see it. Because there's only, like, a few cameras and they're up high filming down on the moat. And, like, like there's no cameraman in the water. No. And for this to be such a large portion of the show, like, it's filmed so poorly. And there's also... This aired in fall 2021, so ostensibly filmed 
spring summer 2021 yes and everyone needed to be vaccinated and this was also before there were heavy variants Mm -hmm. so this was in that time where like being vaccinated meant you're good for a bit yeah olmec makes a comment forage for two individually wrapped covid friendly pouches with meager meals right i found to break the immersion in a way that was really unnecessary Especially given that it was the 13th episode to air. It was it was definitely a very strange thing to hear that. Uh, and then the teams end the, 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 the moat section by hitting their gong. Mm-hmm. But now it's an actual gong. Which is fine. Which is fine. Uh, but every single episode ends with two teams making it. And then this editing that makes it look like the last two teams still in the water are neck and neck. But because they're so limited in cameras, you can clearly see in one shot that the team that they're neck and neck with is not really there. Yeah. So... You can see that, like, they're not behind them. Yeah, because they're in the same body of water. So, like, you know geographically... Like, you, there's like, at the end, you gotta put together the puzzle, and you'll see the blue barracudas fighting to do it, and then you'll see the red jaguars fighting to do it, and in the background is the stand where the blue barracudas are supposed to be, yeah. but are not, because it's not close. No, because there's so many pieces to it, and there's so many places to get hung up. In the original moat, it was... Get across the moat. <laughs> and then your other guy... You get across the moat, then your other player, get across the moat. Yeah. Get across the moat. And the moat is small enough in the original show that you can see all six teams in a single shot. Yeah. Like, they will also do the shot where they focus on one team that's doing something especially interesting. But it always looks like a real competition. While this is clearly painfully attempting to make it look like it might be a competition. Yes. Which it isn't. Every episode we saw kind of had this attempt at editing. Yes. Because it was so complicated, like, it was so easy to suck at it. Yes. And so it was just never close. (sighs) So we start out with the four teams. One team is eliminated there. Mm -hmm. And they only get to keep, literally, the shirts. Yeah, they're not going home empty-handed. You get to keep the shirt you're currently wearing. Which... The shirts have not been redesigned at all. No. So they're the same shirts that have been like peddled on Etsy and yeah. various online stores. For I, Everyone knows someone who has done a couple's costume where you were just the Blue Barracudas. For, yeah. Uh, and it's a cute couple's costume, but like these shirts really aren't special. No. So three teams then go on to the Steps of Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. And Olmec tells a piece... Of the legend. Yes. And then we get the steps of knowledge and two teams will go on. I also noticed in this version of the steps of knowledge, there would occasionally just be trivia. There'd be like a general knowledge question that was adjacent to the legend. Like this legend took place in Guatemala. What is the capital of Guatemala? Like that wasn't in the legend. (laughs) I, I think it's an interesting choice. It at least makes it varied. But I don't know what it adds to the game. I don't know. Steps of Knowledge have, has always been the weakest part of Legends of the Hidden Temple. 
and it continues to be here. Like, they're talking about, like, giant ants burrowing into their ears, nostrils, and mouths. And I'm like, I don't... Oh, my next note. This is unnecessarily unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, nobody's watching Legends of the Hidden Temple for the steps of knowledge. I was no. like, let's get to these temple games as quickly as possible. Which I guess is happening a little bit faster in that there's only three teams. I th- there were only ever... Well, there were only ever four teams at the steps of knowledge. Right. In the old one. Right. What I'm saying is, if nobody gets a question right, you can cut it out, right? Mm-hmm. If a question is answered correctly, they move down a step and you have to include it. Yeah. So that means that at max, you are doing eight questions here. Yeah. While at max, you were doing 11, if I'm doing that math right? I think so, yes. Three, three, two, and two is six. It's ten. It's ten questions. Right. So uh, it, it, in theory, should move a little bit quicker. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about the steps of knowledge, so let's just move on to those temple games. Yes, the temple games here, uh, they, we get another... Well, when you lose in the steps of knowledge, you get the best prize. Oh, yes, that's right. You get a cooler. <laughs> you get, like... A whole lot of Legends of the Hidden Temple crap. Yeah, you get Including like, a shirt that says, I lost in the steps of knowledge. Yeah, which I would want way more than a green monkey shirt. <laughs> yeah, like, the cooler was neat. I did kind of see if anyone was selling this on eBay, and they're not. Yeah. Because uh, I was like, maybe it worked for Push Nevada. And it was also like a spike ball game. Which yeah. is a game where you, like, you slam a ball into a tiny trampoline. <laughs> Yeah, like, it came with a bunch of, like, interesting Legends of the Hidden Temple swag. Yeah, I was like, all right, that's kind of neat. Uh, So then we're going to get into these temple games. Yes. I hate these. Okay. So they all tend to be the same game because they only have about nine props. Like, every game seems to incorporate climbing over a cargo net, Crawling under some, like, brush. Climbing and, up a hill, like a... And climbing up a slippery surface that and you running can also up that slide hill. down. Yeah. So, they all try to tie them into the legends. Where it's like, in this one, you gotta, you know, use a stick to knock the teeth out of the women. Yeah. Uh, and things like that. And some of them are a little bit more interesting than others. But it is very disappointing when you start episode two and you see all the same props. And you're like, oh, it's just this again. And to compare it to the original episodes, in the original episodes it was always two teammates going against each other, a member of each team going against each other, members of the other team members going against each other, and then a team game. And it was half pendant of life, half pendant of life, full pendant of life. Yeah, so you could go in with a pendant and a half. Yes. And often did. Yes. In this, there's only two temple games. They are for a full pendant of life. And if you tie... And if you tie, it's trivia. And you get the second pendant. And you just get it. And you just get it. So it's just like, oh, what? Because I think watching the original, I can remember one time where they tied. Where each team earned one pendant of life, and it goes to trivia, and yeah. you're and you're going in to lose because you only have one pendant of life. Uh, so uh, the 
games in this one, there there's only two. One of them is them going head to head. Yeah. And then one of them is them going one at a time and trying to beat each other's time. Yeah, the second team trying to beat the first team's time. And like the games are semi interesting. They're not amazing. They're not guts level where like you're doing something so unique, like jumping with bungee cords and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you have to fill up a bottle of water and then throw it. Yeah. I was like, technically, I could make this game in my backyard. I don't really want to watch people do it twice. A lot of the, like, there's, there's no budget for the show. Mm-mm. And it's odd because, again, it airs in a block with Killer Camp. Killer Camp leans into being Budge. Yeah. By being a summer camp. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, no, nah, we don't have any money. This is the stuff you'd see at a summer camp. You'll like it. Yeah. But the, the theming does not support the budgetness yeah. in Legends of the Hidden Temple. Like, it looks cheap. Yes, everything looks cheap. But tries really hard to not look cheap. Like, they they built the whole thing outside instead of a soundstage. Like, they clearly want it to look expensive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Yeah, I think you're missing the, the main point I'm trying to make, though, is that the games themselves fail to capture the imagination of the viewer because they're not doing something impossible. Like, I I think the games are designed so well in uh, the, the Nickelodeon version. Yeah. Because, like, the one I always think of is there's that big circular old mech coin. Yes. And you ran against it. And the faster you ran, the faster it spun. And you were trying to get as many rotations as possible. But when you went faster, you then had to keep going faster. And eventually it just threw you off. Yeah. That's a great game that I can't ever play at home because it's solely unique. And would be a lot funnier to watch adults fall off. Exactly. And the brilliance of the Temple games in Nickelodeon was always... Whoever finishes first or is furthest along in two minutes. Yes. So everything was two minutes. <laughs> yes. And and then we're done. And also, this one we watch, one of the teams almost always struggles real bad with it. So it doesn't end up feeling close. Yeah, so like the other team will just absolutely eat their lunch. Well, the way that the like face-off part goes where they, they take turns is one person sets a time and they're like all right we set a time we completed this task in four and a half minutes it's like yeah. four and a half minutes is very long of a time and then the second team will go and they'll have a four and a half minute timer so it'll count down but if we had like we saw the one guy who couldn't climb up the slippery mountain oh my god it was Four minutes of him failing to get up a mountain. It was. And I was like, cut this. Like, this obviously doesn't work. Yeah. So we just had to watch him fail forever. Fortunately, his team by that point had come off kind of unlikable. That, I was going to save this to the end. Okay. Most of the people on the show I hated. Yeah. I hated almost every human being on this show. I liked some of them. Some, like, there was one or two that I enjoyed, and they tended to lose. Yeah, the team from New Jersey 
where one girl's like, I'm going to go to bed. And the other girl goes, I'm having a sangria in 15 minutes when they got out. I was like, yes, yes to this. This is what I want to see, though. Like, I wanted to see them here for a good time, a little bit silly. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like we should have been able to see the quote, quote, eliminated players at some point. Yeah. Because this what this isn't the kind of, like, killer camp whodunit narrative where they die. Here's my belief. My belief is, because there were people that I liked and then grew to hate. Yeah. Whoever was directing these people in the uh, cutaways were like, bigger, bigger and funnier, go. Do it again, bigger and funnier. And then they just became these weird caricatures of themselves that were just annoying that I hated. And I really want to stress this point. My favorite team on this were the two girls from New Jersey. Because yes. I was like, ah, they're two fun girls from New Jersey. One of them's like fairly local. What team us. were they? They were the uh, the Green Monkeys. Were they, are you sure? No. Exactly. What was your favorite team in Nickelodeon? Blue Barracudas. Exactly. Not the human beings. This is about liking colors and animals. <laughs> Like, it's never like, oh, who's your favorite team from the original Nickelodeon uh, Legend of the Hidden Temple? Oh, definitely Greg and Sarah. No, I like blue and I like fish and I like alliteration. Blue Barracudas. Update, I was right that they were the green monkeys, though. It makes no sense to make me like these people because the point of Legend of the Hidden Temple at its core is to make me go, I wish I was doing this. And I can do that to myself and I can like mentally put myself in there when the players of the show are empty vessels without names that I can say, ah, I would be a silver snake and I'd be a better one than that. The Bella from Twilight thing. Yeah. Not, you know, oh, we went through a hard time and I'm just going through a breakup and my best friend is here to bring me on lights. I don't care. Just get to the silver monkey. Get to the silver monkey. Um... I, I get that because there's also two kinds of players, and often they're in the same episode. Sad backstory players mm-hmm. and here for a good time players. And it's tough because, like, the whole point of this version of Legends of the Hidden Temple is what you just said. Adults thinking about Legends of the Hidden Temple from the 90s and going, I want to still do that. Yeah. It, like, this is a perfect example of the show desperately trying to make the the players' characters. There's a game where there was, like, a fisherman legend. So they had to throw, like, seashells into a fisherman's neck. neck. Yeah. And once they got ten of them, they had to, like, take them and, and use them to make something or whatever. Uh But in the rules, they also had to constantly make fish puns to to, entertain Old Mac. Yeah, they had to say things a fisherman would say, which I think, like, one guy just yells fish, 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 fish. No, I, I really want to stress this. Okay. The first team goes, there's something fishy about this. There's something fishy about this. There's something fishy about this. And Old Mac goes, ha, 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 ha. (laughs) through the whole challenge. The second team goes and doesn't say anything until the host scolds them for not entertaining Old Mech. And you know what they then say? There's something fishy about this. Yeah. It's like, oh, it worked for the other team. So you, you just, all you did was make them 
have no personality and infuriate me. Yeah. By including this unnecessary rule. Oh, boy. And We didn't even make it to the temple and I freaked out. <laughs> you really did. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's a 45-minute show that worked really, really well as a 20-minute show. Mm-hmm. But they... There's also an obvious producer thing of trying to force the contestants to connect their real lives or their Legends of the Hidden Temple experience to the legend being discussed that day. Yeah. So watching these people awkwardly try to, like, justify why their life is like this ancient legend. Yeah. I, just like these women, have a yam stick. And was tortured by men. <laughs> it's bad. It's real bad. <sighs> Should we? Get, shall we get to the temple at this point? Yes. Uh, so Olmec, just like the show, gives us like a breakdown of the rooms they have to run into. And there are some new ones, and there are some old ones. Uh, and Noah did a little bit. Of research. Noah did, Noah did, Noah did some research. What? So, this is my field study here. I went on Sporkle and they had a quiz on what are the most remember, or what are the rooms from Legends of the Hidden Temple. So, the ones that get remembered the most would be the most popular ones. Okay. So I'm taking a look at this to see, like, oh, which ones did they bring over? Of course, the most remembered one is the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. Uh, 75% of all people who take this quiz remember that. The next one, I don't think this is accurate data, is the Pit of the Pendulum. Okay. I was trying to guess the Pit of Despair, and I just wrote Pit, and it filled in Pit of the Pendulum. I don't think everyone remembers the Pit of the Pendulum. No, and I, I think you are right about... Uh, Sporkle will do that, where it yeah. will autocomplete something. Uh, the next one that is most remembered is the Dark Forest, which does appear in this one. Yeah. Uh, the next one that's remembered is the Observatory. Yeah. Which does I remember not, the Observatory. I remember the Observatory. It did not appear in this one. Next is the Room of the Three Gargoyles. Which I don't really remember. No. Uh, Throne Room, Medusa's Lair, uh, The Pit of Despair, which does appear in this one, Uh, Jester's Court, The Crypt, The Heart Room, The King's Storeroom, which is the one where you smash the pods. Which they renamed The King's Rage Room. Yeah. in In the reboot. Which I don't understand why you would do that, but they do. So then we're going to keep going down here. King's Storeroom, the Cave of Size, uh, the Rock Quarry, the Treasure Room, the Swamp, the Room of the Golden Isles, the Room of the Secret Password, which is one of my favorite rooms. Yeah. Because I always thought it was funny that kids would run in and have to read something, so they had to take their mouth guard out. Yeah. Do you remember what the passwords were in the I, Room of the Secret Passwords? I do not. They were... Long live Omec. Yay. Open Sesame. And Klaatu Barado Niktu. What? Yeah. 
there, there was an Evil Dead reference in Legends of the Hidden Temple. And a giggling adult. Uh, the, the torch room. And then we get down here at 47%, 47.6% of players remembering this room is the spider's lair, which one, I don't remember. And two is in this one. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting which rooms they decide to move over based on this like informal survey of nostalgia. <laughs> Uh, and in case you're wondering, the most forgotten room is the Pharaoh's secret passageway. And you know what? Wouldn't have it any other way because it's a secret. <laughs> but let's let's go through the rooms here in this temple. Okay. And I will try to keep my freakouts to a minimum because I have a lot of problems with a lot of the rooms. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have the list of the rooms in front of you? Because it seems like you did. If not, I can No, I, I thought you did. So I'm uh. just going to pass that off to you. Because if I'm the one reading it, I will definitely freak out at about every room. Okay. And I only should be freaking about certain rooms. Let me see if I can find like a solid list of the temple rooms here. Temple layout. Temple layout 15. Okay. So this is temple layout 16. Uh, this was the only layout of rooms. Uh, there were apparently 15 different temple layouts in the original series. Yeah, they would change them out a little bit, like, in between seasons, air quotes. Yeah. Um, the, like, the heart room, I believe, either the heart room or the jester's court was the throne room. Yes. If I remember it correctly. Uh, the crystal canote, which is the first room. The crystal canote? Yes. Uh, you either have to you have to press a switch to open one of three doors. Either the lower crawl door leading to the crypt of the heartless, the middle door atop a wall climb leading to the spider's lair, or the top door atop the crystal steps leading to the royal rage room. I have to freak out already. Okay. The first room you walk into has three doors and only one of them opens. Yes. The illusion of choice is immediately... There isn't even an illusion of choice that, like, you can try to figure out your way through this temple on your own. It's, you're going the way we designed. Now, I think all three doors open. I think you have to make a choice of which one you go to. No. Oh. Not all of them open. Because we saw them, like, we saw them hit one and nothing happened, hit one and nothing happened, and then go through another room. Because in one of the episodes, somebody hits, like, all three of them at one point. Right, and two of them Oh, all three doors are checked. You're right. Okay. Yeah, but only one opens. In the original show, you would it was always you could either start in the crypt or the armory, the armor room. Yeah. And the way it always worked was you would choose one and then that would lead to the pit of despair, which did the same thing. Yeah. But at least like to a child and to someone watching be like, "All right, you choose which way you start." And then we kind of funnel you into our route. Having that at least like, hidden in the temple, rather than it be the first thing they show you, is so... The fact that they don't try to create this idea that you have a choice is dumb. And second, the crypt or the armory always had a temple guard in it. Yeah. So you had a 50-50 chance of 
hitting or completely avoiding a temple card in your first decision. Like, that's kind of a big deal in terms of game design. Yes, especially if you only had one and a half pendants. Yeah, so, like, the fact that you're clearly just on a designed route is a bummer for this show. Uh, The Crypt of the Heartless, which was the crypt. Yes. And honestly, if they were going to go darker and edgier, they should have made the crypt a little grosser. Yeah. It didn't look substantially different from the Nickelodeon crypt. Yeah. Uh, The Pit of Despair. Yes, which was your typical, like, it was full of, like, foam. Yeah. That you could jump down into and stuff. So that, that one's at least fun. The Spider's Lair. The Spider's Lair, which was like a, a, a tube playhouse, it looked like. Yes, Th- it, it was- looked more like a cargo net in the original version. Because I'm, I'm actually, yeah. I pulled up a picture of it. So it looks more cargo netty and was only used in the first season. Yeah. Before. The, the Lair of the Spider in this one seems to be impossible to film. Yeah. Because I just don't remember seeing anyone ever do anything in there. Like, it would always cut to, like, weird B-roll first person. Yes. Whenever anyone went into this room. Because it was like, it was like a Chuck E. Cheese playhouse. But you're on the outside of it, so you just see a white tube. Unless you're in there with, it was bad. It was a bad decision. The Royal Rage Room, which is the King's Storeroom from the first one. Uh, It's literally the same thing. Yes. Because you have to... Cla- smash the pots and find the key. Now, I will say, the pots do appear to be harder to smash in the reboot. Yeah, because they we watched, bounced a bit. We did watch an old episode, and the young lady in the 90s episode we watched, like, turned one of those pots to powder between her hands. Yeah, she punched it. Yeah, which... Like a badass. Which I appreciated, but, yeah. like, showed how easy they were to break in that one. In this, we watch people try to trash them and not do good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Room of the Beloved. Yes. Which is only... This one's exclusive to this one. It is similar to the Tomb of the Headless King. Yes. This is the one where they have to roll the skull down the pachinko machine. Yes. It's it's a well-designed little puzzle. I actually really like this room. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's also a common place where you're going to find a temple guard. Yeah. I feel like... And then the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. Yes. Put together the statue of the monkey. So, uh, fun fact from the Legends of the Hidden Temple Wikipedia page. uh, The fastest unassisted completion of the Silver Monkey was done in 11 seconds. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought that was just an interesting thing. I remember watching an episode where someone put it together, dropped it outside of the temple, and a guy had to throw it back up to them. (laughs) And Kurt Fogg is like, the spirits of the temple returning the statue. That happened twice. It happened twice. (laughs) A contestant dropped a piece of the monkey over the ledge in the front of the room. (laughs) Like, oh no. So, this is a good one, like, as far as it's three pieces. It is... Difficult because of the way it was filmed. Uh, We'll talk about the way both shows were filmed toward the end. Mm -hmm. But it was fun that we could scream. uh, We could scream at them. Yes. Like, it's only three pieces, you idiot. That was like a big part of all of our childhood. Yeah. Uh, The Room of the Lost Treasure. Yes. So this was like you had to play. uh, What is the name of that game? Simon. No, this is the one where you pull the sticks. Oh, Kerplunk. Kerplunk. This is the Kerplunk room. Yes. <laughs> Which I did enjoy that. I was like, oh yeah, this is just Kerplunk. What a-? But actually, you had to play it wrong. 
Yeah. You had to try to lose you it. You had to try to kerplunk. Yeah. Uh, and then we have The Steamy Hollows, which sounds like a Harry Potter fan fiction I wrote in college. <laughs> Harry Potter and the, the Steamy, Steamy Hollows. Hollows. That's the one where it's the Simon. It's Simon, which I want to point this out. If you're thinking of like quick, easy games, Simon makes a lot of sense, right? But you would think of that. But it requires a person to stop and look at something. Yeah. Instead of actively doing something for a moment. So I was like, this is a big slowdown room. Yes. Uh, In a temple that doesn't need that. No. Uh, The next room is the other room that we're going to complain about. This is the Queen's Armory. Yes. This is exclusive to the reboot. To the Queen's Armory. Her five pieces are not easy to don by design. But once you do, climb down the ladder of death. I hate this room. Yeah. You have to find five pieces of clothing and dress the mannequin of the Queen in, like, her war, uh, her armor. Five is a lot. Five is a lot. One of the pieces is an anklet. Yeah. Which is not a thing that most people think about. At least maybe most men. Um, And, like, at its core, what it truly is, is a harder silver monkey. Yes. Like, it's put this statue together, but it's five pieces. And some of them are hidden. Yeah. Uh, The one episode we saw someone win... The artifact was in the Queen's Armory, and the Queen's Armory did not need to be completed. Yeah. So, yeah, I I really hated that room. I thought it was really... Honestly, I thought it was one of the worst rooms in in the reboot. The Ladder of Death. Yes, which is a ladder. Yeah. (laughs) That's the end of that. (laughs) And the Dark Forest. The Dark Forest, which, like... We, in the four episodes we watched, never saw anyone enter the Dark Forest. No. Uh, The Temple Guards are also handled a little bit differently. Uh, The Temple Guards are five knights at Temple Guards. Yeah. When you run into one, they try to jump scare the audience with stock footage of the Temple Guards being like... And I think that's a huge missed opportunity of... Making the Temple Guards scary. Mm-hmm. It's like a core memory for a lot of millennials that the Temple Guards are terrifying. In the episode, the old episode mm-hmm. we watched, a Temple Guard gets a young woman and this little girl screams like she's legitimately going to be murdered by the Temple yeah. Guards. And I, I joked to Noah, I was like, I wanted to do a Temple Run. I watched... Back in the olden days, I... From the rafters of Nickelodeon Studios, got to watch them record some of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. Picture, like, baby variant Lara, like, hands and face up against the glass, staring, like, I want to go to there. Yeah. I was probably too young to run. Probably. Because I was seven. Yeah. But I just remember staring and being like, I can see Olmec from here. It's so close. And, like, you know, that's a billion years ago, but I still remember it so clearly Mm. and vividly. So, like, this game is a core memory for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I I will admit that uh, I was terrified of Temple Guards as a child. I had nightmares about Temple Guards. Fair. And 
I loved this show, but whenever I watched Legends of the Hidden Temple, I watched the temple on mute. <laughs> because I thought them jumping out was scary. Oh, I love that. Uh, so, yeah, it this whole like weird strobe lighting thing is the worst. It reminds me legitimately of Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. And the huge problem with the temple guard is the temple guard jumps out and they go to commercial. They do. Like it's a cliffhanger. Yep. And there was one we watched where a temple guard gets somebody in like the second room. Yes. And I actually looked at you and went, they're not going to go to commercial already. Yeah, the, the first one we watched, which was the last episode, they go to commercial and she had dropped her pendant of life. Yes, yeah, she did. So she just loses. I honestly thought when they were going to commercial that when they came back, she was going to be dead. Which would have been interesting. Like, I know that's like... But if you're going to go this like darker, edgier, mm-hmm. like have or have like them drop something like so you can see where they fell Mm -hmm. like maybe her helmet is laying there or something like something a little creepy i i think it would have been great to have a unique death for every room of the temple that would have been really could like someone being impaled by the head of the silver monkey would be the greatest thing i've ever seen yeah like do a killer campy kind of john Yeah, like, I mean, you do a thing where, like, you roll a skull down like a pachinko machine, take the contestant's head off and roll it down the thing. Something like that. Like, we're doing an adult version. It's paired with Killer Camp. Like, we can get into the fiction of, oh, no, they were murdered by a temple guard. The only problem is it would have cost money, which the show very obviously didn't have. Yeah. But I also need to stress, like... When a temple guard jumps out, you know either they are going to give up a pendant of life or they are going to be taken out of the temple. It's not a cliffhanger. It's not like we're sitting there like, oh my God, what's going to happen? We'll sit through these commercials. It's a game show. Yeah. I want you to imagine if during Final Jeopardy, a... They're like, all right, and and what was your answer? Oh, Fort Knox? What is Fort Knox? That is correct, and then they went to commercial. Yeah. That's the equivalent of it. It's not like we don't know if the answer is right. We are told they are correct. We know what's going to happen next is that they are going to win the money. Yeah. But we're going to commercial first. Yeah. It's... It's rough. Uh, there's one cute thing ahead of every temple run. And it's one of the only things that makes me smile about mm-hmm. the series. When Olmec said, they say, like, who will go first? And say it's you and I. And you go, I will. And he goes, very well, Noah. Mm-hmm. And you always see every contestant he addresses by name go like, <laughs> Olmec said my name. And it's really, really... Uh, it's this cute little dweeb thing that happens in every episode. And it makes me happy because it reminds me why we were here. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Christella a little bit. Okay. Because I 
I usually really like her. She's used very poorly in this show. Mm-hmm. She almost sounds like she is doing the same like five or six lines. This this is my major problem with this. There are moments where they cut to her and she's with like the other contestant. They're like, go, go, you're doing it. And then they cut back to like the ancient, like the the storeroom. It's like, you got to smash the pots. Come on, you could do it. Let that rage out. And it's clearly ADR. Yeah. Like you can tell the moments that are in the moment I'm cheering for you. And here's a line someone wrote that thought they were going to be kind of cheeky and funny. Yeah. Like it sounds different. The energy is different, and it's entirely unnecessary. There are so many camera cuts in the temple. Yes. The beauty of the temple in Nickelodeon was it was one camera. Yeah. Like, you got to see the scale of what they were doing. where Because the camera followed you through the whole temple. There are moments where... It looks like the contestant is not moving from one room, from the room they were just seen in to the next one. Like it looks like there's a cut or that it's being reshot or if like they had to go backstage a little bit. Yeah. It just it doesn't look natural. It doesn't look like this is a temple run. It looks like it looks more like Crystal Maze. Yes. Where it's like, and now you're in this unrelated room. And like, Crystal Maze drew a lot of inspiration from Legends of the Hidden Temple. I think you have that reversed. I think Crystal Maze has been around forever. Let me check that. Uh, Crystal Maze is in the nineteen is in the earlier nineties. So uh, Crystal Maze definitely is the uh, British like cousin to Legends of yeah. the Hidden Temple. Right down to, I believe Nickelodeon did do a Crystal Maze version. Oh, really? They did. Uh, Adam Conover is the host. From Adam Ruins Everything? Yes. He's ruining Crystal Maze? I mean, when you think about in the modern version of Crystal Maze, the host in the UK is Richard Ayoade. Yeah. Same energy. Yeah. (laughs) That, like, very dry... Mm -hmm. But you know what Crystal Maze does? Celebrity editions. You know what would have been real fun? A celebrity What well, like oh, let's yeah. make the cast of Riverdale run the temple. Oh yeah. Like that kind of silly fun campiness was what this show needed. The show feels massively overproduced for not looking very good. Yes. So if you win, which most people don't. Uh, you won a $25,000 debit card? Yeah, from Chime. So, let's talk about how these shows are filmed. It's pretty common knowledge at this point that filming for Legends of the Hidden Temple original edition was like an all-day affair. Right. Now, it did have to be done over the course of a day because you were usually with families on vacation and there's only so mm. much vacation you could really take. Right. family. But they filmed like six episodes in a day. Yeah, so you'd film six moats, then six steps of knowledge, then six temple games. So then by the time you're filming temple runs, those kids are tired. Like they were put in like a holding pen with pizza and arcade games. Yeah. So even when they're being in the holding pen, they are like 
bouncing off the walls, eating pizza, drinking soda. Mm-hmm. Like, they're crashing. Which is why stuff like the Shrine of the Silver Monkey seems so hard. Because they're tired 10-year-olds at, like, yeah. 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, making poor decisions. Like, when we watched one episode to kind of, like... Uh, Get ready for this. It was the pepperoni of like Queen. Catherine of- de Medici. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that great pepperoni legend. Uh, and in it, the uh, girl enters the room with the pepperoni in it and just immediately just starts solving the room and doesn't grab the, uh, <laughs> the what's the word they always use? Artifact. Artifact. Doesn't, doesn't grab the artifact. And so they just don't get the prize. Yeah. And I was like, well, you were a tired child and you might not know what a pepperoni stick looks like because you're thinking pepperoni circles. <laughs> so, like, that's why kids were bad at this. This was filmed kind of similarly. Right. Ish. Ish. Uh, everyone had to stay in the area for 10 days. What? They filmed all of the moats. Then all of the steps of knowledge, then all of the temple games, and then all of the temple runs. The showrunner claimed that that's why Olmec will sometimes look better in episodes. uh, Because over the course of the episode, they did try to fix Olmec a few times. I just, I want to stress what this means then. Yes. They were there for 10 days. Yes. There's a day for moat. There's a day for the Steps of Knowledge. There is a day for the Temple Games. And there's a day for a Temple Run. That means there is six days of Talking Heads. Yep. Ugh. Uh, and they admit that... What are you valuing? Like, shooting each moat takes 40 minutes. Okay. That makes sense. That they cut down to three and a half... Which means that your moat is too complicated. Yeah, and dumb, and no one cares about it. And, and stupid, and awful, and ugly. And it's interesting because the Temple Games having the change, they actually make it easier for the adults. They have an extra minute to run the temple. And the temple's much smaller. And the team goes in with two uh, pendants. Yeah, 100% of the time. Which means that... You can't be DQ'd on the Temple Guards. Yeah. There's just a thing that get in the way. Eh. Oh my god. And, and like, what I... If you were going to do an hour version of Legends of the Hidden Temple, that's what you told me what you'd do, I would say, okay, the temple's three floors, and you get ten minutes. Yeah. Because you know what? That's what we want. I don't want ten minutes of the moat! No. But the whole thing is that they want... They really wanted to try to, like, force the human element. Yeah. They want us to get to know four teams. One of them is Chum. Yeah. Learn from reality shows. We don't care about whoever goes out first. Yeah. Uh, And it's interesting because one thing we noticed is the... And again, we didn't watch all of them. But the one episode where somebody won, it is clearly nighttime. Yes. Perhaps implying... That the ones that were shot during the day, because the other three that we watched, not only did they not win, they didn't even get to the item. Right. Because th- that's the th- you get a prize for entering the temple, you get a prize for getting the artifact, and then there's a prize for getting out. Yeah. No one even gets to the artifact. Maybe they made it easier. 
because they realized people were failing. Yeah, because, I mean, we we see them fail on what is the last episode. Yeah. We watched, I want to say, four or five episodes. Yeah. They blended together real bad, and I, mm. my notes start to um, fall off real bad. Right. Uh, because they, it gets very repetitive. It gets very repetitive. But I, I do want to point out... Which is why we don't do a lot of game shows, yeah. usually. But I want to point out that the one that we saw win is now nighttime. While yes. all the other ones are in the day, which means it was shot later. Yes. Which could imply that people made changes to make this a winnable scenario. The episode that airs last has a sassier Olmec, yes. who actually, when describing the room, says... And unlock that miserable shrine of the silver monkey. That damned statue is only three pieces. I'll wait for you to put it together, then send you to the steamy hollows. Yes. And makes a comment about the Queen's storeroom being difficult. And Kurt Fogg is in the dark forest. Into the dark forest. Watch out for Kirk Fogg as you run through the trees and into the pit of despair. Yes, uh, I have the notes. This does not look expensive, CW. Watch out for Kirk Fogg. Wait, WTF. Yeah. Uh, I also want to point out that there's certain phrases that I think are iconic with this show. When yes, it comes you to scream this every time. When it comes to describing it. The shrine of the silver monkey is a big one. The choices are yours and yours alone is a big one, even though it's a lie in this one. And the dark forest. Reach your hand and receive a key, but it may be possessed by a temple guard. And then they had like the puppet arms that hugged you, which I thought was like great and interesting. And terrifying. Or plow through the wall. Plow through the wall. Because the thing to me that always got me about the dark forest is... Reach your hand into a key to the tree to find a key or plow through the wall. Always just plow through the wall. Avoid the temple guards. Just go through the wall is the thing that I always screamed. And the fact that there was no plowing through the wall, I felt really hurt this. Yeah, so the show was originally developed for Quibi. Really? Yeah, it was going to be eight minute versions. Uh, They were calling it the Step of Knowledge. (laughs) <laughs> uh, because they wanted to like go through it super quick. Mm-hmm. There was a bidding war. Like this was gonna be a big show. I mean, if I was doing this for Quibi, four teams on the moat, skip the steps of knowledge. Yeah. You lose two teams of the moat, you jump right into temple games. Yeah. And then you do the temple run. That's all anybody wants. Mm-hmm. So uh they then kind of redeveloped the show back. To being an hour, and then CW is doing... CW did it. I think this would have been better on... Uh, I'm going to say CBS. Because parent companies... Uh, Nickelodeon and CBS share a parent company. Mm-hmm. CBS kind of has a rough reputation outside of their main stem reality programming. The yeah. trifecta of Big Brother Amazing Race Survivor. CBS kind of gets derided as the old people channel. Mm-hmm. Out of the main networks. Uh, they're like, oh, here's another season of NCIS. You'll watch it. Shut up. This would have been a good show to attract younger viewers to CBS. Yeah, I could see that. Because I think CW actually might be a little... Young? Young for the target. Yeah. I think the target audience for Legends of the Hidden Temple is 
27 to 35. Yeah. Maybe a little older even. Because there are people who watched Legends of the Hidden Temple first run who need that nostalgia. Yeah. Nick at Night could have run this. Nick at Night should have run this. That would that would have been an interesting idea. Uh, Comedy Central. They share a parent company. Comedy Central. And then you get someone really sassy to host. No, you just let Christella Alonzo do what well, she's actually good at. You yeah. let her be real sassy. Instead of kind of sanding her down to a generic game show host, which is what I felt like they did with her here. So, they're, it's a lot of fun. They, If this had gone further, they wanted to do... I'm going to break your heart right now. If this show had been successful... They were in development for a bus and truck tour with a temple. <sighs> this is the this is the second time this month I've been denied the chance to do a Legends of the Hidden Temple, and I'm very upset. That being said, they also uh, filmed One Valley Over. Uh, from Ultimate Slip and Slide, the ill-fated show that never ran. Due to diarrhea? somebody pooped in the slip and slide. Uh, the, the most doomed show. Uh, I do think I have to tell this story, though. Okay. I used to actually have a scar from this that has since faded. I was looking to see if I still had it. Uh, I ran Legends of the Hidden Temple at a convention. Yes. And uh, what ended up happening was it was the first convention Plus Two Comedy ever did. And I was dressed as Speed Racer. And what ended up happening was I didn't get to pick my partner, which is the way it should be. And I was with, like, this really angry samurai. (laughs) And I was like, all right, fine, we'll, we'll be together. And I forget the theming was over in anime I'd never heard of. But the moat was, uh, there was going to be an apocalypse, and we had to give masks to the audience. And there were two, uh, or there were four uh, VIPs in the audience. Yeah. And if if you handed one to a VIP, you got across the moat. My team found two of them. So we eliminated three teams by mistake. Yeah. Uh, Then we did the steps of knowledge, which were just trivia. Like, there was no legend. It was just anime trivia. And we got through on the question, what was the first Pokemon Ash set free? Ooh. Pikachu. Because doesn't he try to set Pikachu free, but Pikachu comes back? No. It's Butterfree. Oh, free! Yeah, he frees Butterfree to be with all the Butterfree. So that's what gets us through. Uh, we then I'm a fake nerd guys. We then had to do the temple games, and I remember the first temple game. Uh, I think I I botched. I don't even remember what I did, but I'm pretty sure I botched it. Then there was like throwing fruit at your partner who cut it with a samurai sword. That's a wait. Like, Fruit Ninja? Yeah. Like... But, like... But, like, for real reals. But he had a sword. No, and, that's a bad idea. And we actually said, like... We started to do it, and we're like, let's make the, the samurais turn away from the audience so they don't accidentally throw the sword into the crowd. And F- then Fair. And then as soon as it happened, my partner wheeled back so far that he <gasps> almost stabbed somebody. Oh, my God. Uh, so, 
we ended up losing that one as well. So my partner stormed out. And there was a third game. Oh my god. Which was like creating a robot that I won by myself. And then I was like, ah, it's a tie. And then like I won trivia. So I had to pick someone from the crowd to be my partner for the temple run. Woof. Uh, they gave me a pendant of life, which was this giant gear that was like sharp, which is what where I cut my arm. Okay. And they were like, okay, you can run through every room in the convention. Oh my God. When you enter, you will either find a temple guard, a challenge you must complete before leaving, or the artifact. Get back in time. And I was like, okay. Uh, and they, they followed me with GoPros. And I, I was like, go. And I ran out. And I ran down the stairs. And these two guys jumped out with like cellophane wrap. To be the temple guards. No, just, just, just to, to block, be jerks. Just to block it. Yeah. Like, He's taking the secret passage. And then that jumped out and I had to run through it. And then I was like, my thought process was, I'll run to the arcade. First, because if anything, the challenge will be an arcade game. Yeah. So I'm running and I walk past a room and I go, is that a room? And everyone falls silent. And I'm like, can I go in there? And they went, yeah. And I ran in and I was like, I'm here for whatever the thing is. And everyone just stares and looks at me. And there's a giant box of Pocky. On the table. And I just grab it. And I go, I got it! (laughs) And the host goes, just give it to him. (laughs) And some guy, like, pulls out, like, this robot that was the artifact. So you got the artifact in, like, the first... I got the artifact in the first room. Oh, my God. And I I just kind of looked around. I went, okay, fine. And I went and just started sprinting in the wrong direction. And the one guy's like, no! And the host is like, we don't tell him anything! And I just, like, I started running the wrong way, and I found, like, a, a group of people dancing, and I danced with them. And then I just ran, and I hit the escalator and just stopped and just, like, rode the escalator up slowly <laughs> uh, just so they would have footage. Uh, and uh, once we got to the top, I just started screaming, and I ran in, and I won. And they gave me the swords. That was my prize. Oh, that's right. You had car swords for a while. Yeah, I had these two, like... And they were gross because they'd been used to cut up fruit. Yes. But, yeah, at a convention, I actually did run a uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Unfortunately, they lost all the footage. Oh. But, man, do I wish I had that. So... Uh, so, so yeah, this show is very special to me, and this, this version of it greatly insulted me. Yeah, I... Trying to just jam in the human element... I, I get, but it's still a game show. Like, it's not, I don't care about the contestants that much. Yeah. I just don't. This, this to me, is, it's funny you said CBS. I was thinking ABC during yeah. their, like, summer of games. Like, yeah. you throw it in there with, like, holy moly. If and you threw a Muppet in Legends of the Hidden Temple, I might explode. If they threw the Muppets at Legends of the Hidden Temple, Old Mac wouldn't look like garbage. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Also. They would have someone who knows how to do puppets. Also, I would be sobbing like a child. So, unless you have more fun trivia. This is actually a larger temple than the old one, but also the people are bigger. 
It was also just less rooms. Yeah, I... Uh, they tried really hard to be historically accurate. They were really trying to be culturally sensitive. They hired a Mayan culture expert uh, from the University of Texas to try to, like, make that. They were trying to dodge a lot of, like, Twitter issues. Yeah. Which I admire. They were using closer to realistic uh, lore mm-hmm. and folk tales, but they were still kind of trimming them down. And I do find that they made them unnecessarily unpleasant. Yeah. Maybe it's just because we watched the Seven Sisters one first and I found that one really unpleasant to watch. Yeah. I th- Are we doing verdicts? If, unless you had more. No. It's verdict time. No. What did you think? Uh, this is a stay doomed by virtue of the game over rule. Because I think this could work if you brought it back a little if you reined it back in closer to what it was i mean yeah if you if you did the game show yeah but this is meant to be a reality show and it's a stay doomed well depending on how we define game and reality this would fall under how we would define a game show that is true because the contestants change every episode you and i usually define reality show as uh, one set of contestants for a season, like a, yes. like Killer Camp. Yeah, that that is usually our a definition. Because, but like also by that definition, Fear Factor is a game show. Mm-hmm. I feel like a big thing that like it's a game show with reality show format, where you have the talking heads. Because there's never a time in Wheel of Fortune where you cut away and you're like, yeah, I don't know why I said G. Like, G is an important letter to me. Uh, I lived in G dorm, so I always like to say G, but probably should have went with the W. That, that doesn't happen. And it doesn't need to happen because it's about the game, not about the contestant. But or if they had to, like, awkwardly make the before and after connect to their lives. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what does big birdie on a wing mean to you? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I eat a lot of wings in college. There's when and I was like, in I watched dorm. Sesame Street growing yeah. up. But like, yeah, I, I get it. Rover's favorite letter was G. So I've always thought of myself as a G. <laughs> we don't do that for a reason. Yeah, we should have quit on that metaphor while we were ahead. <laughs> I want to do this as a bit now. Okay. I want to do a, an episode of Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune as a reality show. Okay. <laughs> we'll film that and we'll throw that up somewhere. Jeopardy's YouTube channel seems to be trying to do that, where they're trying to like do little interviews with the contestants after Final Jeopardy, and I was like, no one cares. No, nobody cares. All right. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to stay doomed, by the way. Yeah, I, I hated this. I, I hated this, and all it did was stab my childhood. I kept trying to make us watch more of it because uh, this was the weird episode where I was more of the completionist than you. Yeah. Because uh, usually I'm the one who's, you're the one who's like trying to be thorough and I'm the one who's like, ah, we can get away with. Yeah. After two episodes of this, I was like, I don't think I will see something that will make me change any of the words I'm going to use. Yeah. I, I did like watching till somebody won. Yeah. I think that was a good decision. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of Stay Doomed. What do we watch next week? Do we have to? It's it's really interesting lost media. 
But we could do the Sesame it's Street. It's really interesting lost media. But they media. just found the Margaret Hamilton Sesame Street episode. That's lost media. Yeah, but that's an episode of a show that's still on. Uh, this This is doomed media. We'll be doing the WWE Girls Gone Wild crossover special from 2003. Yay! <laughs> I'm going to hate this so yeah there's this is going to be the most upset i get on a podcast in quite some yeah there's been this lost media of a girls gone wild wrestling show that that, was found about two weeks ago yeah it was recently just found and i'm afraid that if we don't do it the internet will eat it again and it'll be lost forever so we need to cover this while it exists the first, uh, the first link is already gone. Yeah, see? So, so we, we're going to watch it immediately after this. <laughs> Happy 4th of July. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. There will not be that many clips in tomorrow or next week's episode. No, Deal there sure it. won't. Deal with it. <laughs> Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you like to plow through the wall... I'm at plus two comedy. Given the nature of next week's show, should we say plow? Yeah, that was the bit. Uh, Plow through the wall. uh, I'm rock hard. If you would actually be interested in us covering the 2016 TV movie, uh, let us know by joining our Patreon. Yes, join our Patreon. We also have a brand new uh, crowdfund crypt that's up that's called, Hey, Remember That Commercial? So if you're interested in us covering... Some of these Nickelodeon TV sequel movies, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed.